When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break Pop Culture Cosmos, and Lakerholics.com, plus the great folks at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, we got to talk to Joe Sorrell of Lakersball.com recently. I also got a chance to talk to my good friends at Lakerholics.com, Magic Man Sean Grice, also as well Laker Tom, and of course Spencer Young from Basketball University. All of us are talking about the Lakers and what they did in the offseason, but also who might be some contenders to the throne as well for next year's championship. But here today to share his thoughts on which player outside of the big three may make a difference on the Lakers team, plus some early thoughts on the Western and Eastern Conference, and his thoughts on his all-time top 10 Lakers team, because he hasn't even weighed in on that yet. He's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at five things. Okay. Five stars you give five me stars, on right, Apple exactly. Podcasts, yes. And you give him five things on Lakerholics.com. Exactly. It is, yes, it's our own Admiral Akbar himself, Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, great to have you back on. Glad you could make it this time around. Thanks, Gerald. Uh, yeah, I can't can't Admiral Akbar the offseason, I feel like. I mean, I guess you could. Uh, you could, but trust me, you could. <laughs> yeah, take that back. We could get you. Akbar be Mozgoved is what that would actually Otto should be called. So uh, yeah, and then Luol Deng as well. <laughs> we're still be, we're still being Luol Danged. We're still for one more year. Uh, this is one the, more year. Dang, it's the final year. <laughs> yes, yes, dang indeed. Wow. But <laughs> dang. great to have you here, my friend. Uh, before we get to the all-time top ten Lakers for you, because you've already heard the list, especially from the guys at LakerHolics.com. Wanted to go ahead and talk to you first off, Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. We'll get it started in that right now. We obviously know that Russell Westbrook is here. You're a big fan of it, which kind of surprised me because we kind of deviated a little bit on that for once. Usually we do the tag team on, on Laker Tom and that handicap match, but today it's it's you are actually aligning yourself with Team Laker Tom in the fact that you actually 
fully endorse the Russell Westbrook trade and signing and whatnot. I, I, I like it, but again, for me, it's more about the playoffs and the fit for the playoffs and the matchups for the playoffs as opposed to anything he'll do in the regular season because I think he'll be just fine in the regular season. I think he'll go ahead and his motivation and the way he plays each and every game, I think that if provided he's healthy and if the Lakers are healthy, I think it's going to be a nice 50-plus win season. Whether or not they want to stay at number one or be number one, I think that's really up to them at this point, You know, as long as they're healthy. Right. Because we've seen before where they just go into cruise control and you know, say, okay, yeah, we're just waiting for the playoffs and whatnot. Right. And we can gauge that over the course of the season, and we can actually tell when that's happening. But which player outside of that? Because the Lakers made – a whole bunch of moves. And I, we actually remarked on this on the other show with the Lakerholics crew that the bubble was a fantastic. The Lakers won the championship in the bubble. But since then, in less than 12 months, yeah. they've gotten rid of everybody outside everybody. of THT, LeBron, and AD. And even right. at the end of this past season, a couple months ago, they've gotten rid of everybody outside of those three and Marcus Saul. Right. A whole new roster, basically. Right, I right yeah. So no, it's, it's astounding. Yeah, but, not even the two-way guys they kept. But I want to hear your thoughts, <laughs> my friend, on this. Well, thank goodness. That. That's a and, good your, and your good friend, Mr. Laker <laughs> Tom's good friend, I should say, Jared Dudley, he has, as of yet, has not been signed. Thank goodness. And that's yeah, what I, that way. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I like Duds, but, you know. If you, kinda, you need if players. You know, well, you That's need players like that. Yeah, he need players that can actually play and actually do things for you out on the court. But be that as it may, my friend, I mean, which Laker player will make the biggest difference to you after the big three? Jared Dudley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you want to uh, get kicked I, off the show? I know, right? No, 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 never. Um, you know, I think this is this is going to be a little weird. I think it's going to be uh, Kendrick Nunn for me. Um, if Kendrick Nunn can make enough plays to either slot in as, you know, the other guard next to Russell Westbrook so that Russ has a shooter that can also handle the ball or, you know, there's a little bit more playmaking out there. Uh, if he can force his way onto the court consistently, especially in crunch time uh, on the defensive and offensive end, I think that's a great thing for the Lakers because you would want to hopefully see somebody who's young sort of merging with AD in some way um, in a, in a career arc that matches with AD more than LeBron or, or, or Russ, you know what I mean? Like uh, that's like a two issue window, but hopefully AD is for another contract after this one in theory, right? Like that would be the hope. Uh, so who plays with AD after this contract? And I think for this season, you know, if none's making a difference on both sides of the court at the one of the guard positions, you know, that's a lot more than we were getting out of the two guard positions last season. Uh, so between if Westbrook can find a way to both be productive without taking any way from anything away from uh, LeBron or Anthony Davis, I think that's going to be the biggest key to this, both the regular season and the off season. I think you're following the lead of what most people are saying. Uh, most people have interviewed and myself as well, that I think Kendrick Nunn outside of the big three, maybe the only individual that scores in double figures, even with Carmelo Anthony, one of the top 10 scorers right. of all time. I think he's going to be limited in his playing time and thus his effectiveness out there on the court. I think that will save him maybe for either later in the season or in the playoffs, as far as to give him more blow then. 
And if that's the case, you will not see him actually score in double figures, maybe around nine points a game. We're thinking that give or take maybe 10. I'm not sure, but I think if there's any one player that's going to score in double digits outside the big three, it's going to be Kendrick Nunn because he's got something to prove. I know Malik Monk has something to prove, but he's very inconsistent in his pass and his defense is very suspect. So we don't know how much burn he's going to get all the other guys. Yeah, they're they're all over 30, so we don't know how much they're going to give us. The one mitigating factor throughout all this is Kendrick Nunn. And the fact Mm -hmm. that he signed the contract that he did with one year and an option. And I don't think if he plays well enough, he's going to keep that option. He's going to be out in the free agency, and and hopefully the Lakers can do what they can to sign him. Because if he goes out there next year and wants a big contract and plays like he wants a big contract, unlike Dennis Schroeder, and I love burning that in on there, (laughs) I think that he will be having a great season. I think he'll have be having that living up to that a lot of that potential that I thought he could have lived out in Miami. So I'm looking forward to that. I think Kendrick Nunn is a step that. probably the the right pick to make at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, my wild card is whom, whomever plays at center, whenever they play somebody, not Anthony Davis at center, whenever, whomever, whatever that is, that's kind of my wild card because I feel like, I I mean, my number one thing going into next season is I feel like Anthony Davis has to play it at an MVP conversational level for us to have any shot at all of doing anything special in the playoffs. Um, if he's having kind of like a, yeah, I'm here tonight and kind of here the next night. And yeah, you know what I mean? If he's that kind of up and down, like he, he was as much more, you know, more or less, more so last season than the season before, but, and you can't, you know, I'm not saying just always like scoring 30 points or, you know, double digits, this or that, but just the effort and the focus um, that you can sometimes see comes and goes uh, that, it, that it, I don't feel like it does for a uh, Russell Westbrook ever. <laughs> LeBron James, Um, so that's I think you know that's I feel like another thing that Russ is going to bring is is a is a fire and a focus because he hasn't won a a ring. Uh, He he's he's taken a lot of flack, uh, and you know, I think he would very much enjoy winning a ring in any way, shape, or form as many players would. But I mean, Russ has taken a lot of flack for being you know a really good basketball player. Some of it, you know, I would argue, you know. Well deserved, you know. He's earned some of the he's earned some of the the critiques. So, I agree with you on that. He has earned some of the critiques. I mean, again, I always hate to point it out, but I am going to point it out. Statistically, he is one of the worst shooters of all time, and he even if he misses, will still continue to put the ball up. And something sometimes that's going to be really really bad for the for his team that he's playing for. I mean. Uh, you know, I don't know. One of the old adages in basketball is, you know, get get them to shoot and keep shooting until they get out of their funk. With Russell, that is yet to happen. So he's no, got to make sure that, he's got to make sure that the the shots he right. takes are straight at the rim. I know that it's not as prevalent or as proficient as it once was when he was one of the highest statistical individuals at going to the rim. Yeah. He's still pretty good at it. I still think he, that's what he should do, do is his bread and butter. If he decides to ever commit to the pick and roll, maybe he'll be a lot more effective there. Or if he's, you know, doesn't have the ball and LeBron does, maybe use, you know, using him as a cutter. Just imagine there with his quick moves. I think he, that could be something that, that would be really great if he committed to that. But 
a lot of ifs there when it comes to Russell Westbrook. I mean, you 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 want a good rebounding team around Russ, right? And we do. We have LeBron, we have AD, we have Russ, who's a great rebounder. Um, you know, because if let's say he shoots overall forty five percent, which would be high for him, right? Probably we're looking at like his overall shooting percentage will be 43, 44, and I mean from everywhere. If he shoots smart threes, all just that, I feel like his effectiveness will go up uh, a lot. Um, Michael H. on Lakerholics posted a, a, some stats of the type of shots that Rush should take because his pull up dribble shots are terrible from everywhere. Catch yep. and shoot, he's like a 40% shooter. Uh, basically it's like get to a spot and shoot from there. Don't create your own three. Like that's, that, that's not your thing. Like that, if he can figure that out and, and accept that, then I think that he will be as much of a spacer as you need him to be. He won't be the space creator that Chris Paul is, or, I mean, their games are completely different. You know, there, there's no, they're two completely opposite ends of the point guard spectrum. So, you know, if he can be, Decent from three. I like our chances in any seven-game series. Um, and that's, I think, going back to Kendrick Nunn, where you hope that Kendrick Nunn is going into the playoffs with some mojo of some sort so that, like, if it comes down to it and you need to be like, listen, you know, you came here to win a ring, Russ. Like, Kendrick Nunn's going on for, for the last 45 seconds and you're going to sit down because, you you know, you've shot 10 three-pointers and you've missed them all. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like if, if Frank can be that kind of coach and be able to like, if should such a situation arise or Carmelo or whoever's hot that game. Uh, and if Russ is not hot in a playoff game, it can, can that will be, those are the moments that will define next season. <laughs> uh, rest assured. I, 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 like, as you say, very often it, it, the regular season will not define next season unless it's marred by injury or some or tragedy of some sort, you know, that's the only way. Rest assured, with Russell Westbrook down the team, it will be very interesting, whatever the outcome may be. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yes. I mean, for a lot of our guys, you know, but Russ especially. Dwight Russ. Russ. Yeah. yeah. Dwight yeah. and Russ. Yeah. It'd be very interesting indeed. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. But my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program and the Western and Eastern Conference. Let's start with the Western Conference first. Vegas here still has the Lakers out as one of the favorites, the favorite coming out of the Western Conference, uh, second behind the Brooklyn Nets. And I think that's, and Laker Tom's going to scream bloody murder on this, but I think that's about right. I mean, when you consider the fact that 
this is a new three that's being formed as opposed to Brooklyn, which is already an established three, right. provided that they're all healthy. And the I guess the Patty Mills signing, I think, was a killer. I really think that yeah. was a good good one. I really was hoping well, that he would end up on the team. Me too. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty clutch for them. I was like, yeah, that's that that basically means any one of those three can get hurt, and like they can go, all right, Patty, come on. Yeah, and, he, and it takes a lot, takes a lot of pro- pressure off of Joe Harris, right. so he doesn't feel like he has to go ahead and be the shooter. Right. And of course, he may not be in there in times where he was choking in that in that late game yeah. scenario. It may be Patty Mills there, which you might feel a lot more confident about just the fact that he might execute a little bit better under pressure than Joe Harris would. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, they're getting a basketball mind. Who's also got great three pointing shoes, three point shooting skills and can, you know, run. He's not like, you know, he's like a Jordan farmer, like level point guard when it comes to playmaking, he's not the greatest playmaker, but he can get you some points. He'll, he'll collapse the defense if he needs to, or take the open shot from three. Yeah. That's the main thing. Like they need yeah. guys that one of those three do it, drive into the rim, can just go like shoot it, bro. And he went uh, to uh, the Laker Tom school of not being shy when you're shooting. So that's oh, something. Yes, yes, yeah, he that's he has his volume PhD. Yes. So I wanted to ask you this. Okay. Actually, no, we'll switch for the Eastern Conference. We already started talking sure. about Brooklyn. Obviously, Milwaukee's there as the champions, and, and obviously they have their own really good three. It's just about what's being assembled around them and to get them through the season. So I think those two are pretty much set. I know everybody's been kind of up and down in Philadelphia because of the fact of what went on with the Ben Simmons saga, the fact he's not been traded yet, the fact he's still there, and we don't know about the fact is if he has improved his shooting in any way, shape, or form. I know he didn't play for Team Australia this year in the Olympics, so the people were kind of bummed about that down there. And I think that that could have helped him. I know he was working on his shot, but maybe it would have helped him if he actually did it in more of a game right. scenario, even though they weren't playing in front of crowds. I still think it probably would have been a good decision for him to make. But your thoughts on Philadelphia, Miami, uh, Atlanta, after their surprise trip to the conference finals last year, do you see any of these developing into a, I guess, maybe that that scenery where Milwaukee and Brooklyn are at right now? Do you see any of those teams sliding up, or is it another team that you have in mind? Uh, I mean, I, I break the East into three tiers. One, there's the three, t- there's the three at the top, which in my mind is have been pretty consistently for the last few seasons: Milwaukee, uh, Philly, and um, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, just the last, really, just last season. Not, Philly and Milwaukee, I feel like, have been on top for a lot longer, than, and Brooklyn just kind of got there when they assembled the trio. So, um, but yeah, for this season, uh, Brooklyn, and then after that, I have you know Boston. Miami, uh, even Boston might be slipping into tier three this, you know, the last couple of seasons. They haven't just had much going on in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I actually think it's one of the, which of these young teams that came out of nowhere or, you know, out of nowhere to break into the playoffs and do some damage, especially Atlanta, is the team that's like poised to start to challenge for one of those top three spots. And do you think they're ready? I mean, they were ready, obviously, this past season to get to the uh, conference finals, and one Trey Young injury away. Thank you, Ruff, right. from could possibly even being in the finals. Right. I um, mean, the same scenario that we talk about Phoenix all the time on the show is the same scenario that Milwaukee faced. 
They right. got some lucky right. breaks with the other team getting injured. Same thing happened to Brooklyn where they had injuries with an injured Harden and an injured Irving. And if you know, Kevin Durant's shoe size was smaller, I mean, they would have gone on to right. Eastern Conference Finals instead of Milwaukee. A couple of shots separated them from going home to you know, moving ahead. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the beauty of the uh, NBA playoffs. But what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is there any team outside of those two? Do you, do you see Atlanta becoming maybe possibly one of those teams that could fit that role as a, as a major Eastern conference contender? I mean, I think they've got the talent. In fact, they could be one to 12, one to 15 have as much talent right. as any team in the Eastern conference outside of Brooklyn. Yep. And if that's the case, I mean, they can really match up well with a lot of people. The only thing is experience. But, you know, as I was told to me time and time again, Laker Tom was experience, experience. And I know that counts for for quite a bit. But a lot of these young kids are growing up real fast, real soon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they just went to the conference finals, which I think ought to count as some form of experience so i would think so too <laughs> same thing with same. well we you know we hear we always talked about booker and i we, you know he and i had a difference of opinion on booker i think right. once you get to the finals you've already gone through three rounds 20 uh, almost 20 games you're you're already into it you already know what know what takes place and you're already six games five games six games in you already right. know what to expect it's just about a matter of execution and and really the drive to do it but yeah when it comes to right now atlanta i think is close i, I think, think they're atlanta, just uh, yeah i think they're I think, I think you're spot on i think atlanta's right in that wheels of you know they kind of remind me of a younger but potentially better version of the portland trailblazers from 99 2000 2000 2001 that little run of Damon Stoudemire, Pippen, you know, I think Trey Young is, you know, much better than Damon Stoudemire ever was. Um, and he, but this team lacks like that Scotty Pippen kind of veteran guy who could still play. Yeah. I'm not saying a guy who sits on the bench and goes, you know what you ought to be doing. A guy who could be out there on the floor, like competing and playing hard. How Iguodala was like five, five years ago. In, a in, really in solid Golden number State. two, John Collins. Right. John Collins could be. could be, but we're could like, eh, could right. be. Could, I mean, yeah, it could be, but it hasn't, it hasn't. And that's hasn't. the thing. It hasn't yeah. yet. So that's the question. And, and is Randall going to be, I mean, Julius Randall in New York is another one. And what the Knicks did to kind of like keep that, keep the band together, right? Like the Knicks had a pretty disappointing first round exit, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, well, let's try that again, which is, I feel very odd for how new york normally does things yep. uh so maybe it's just so crazy it might work uh kind of a thing i don't know uh, is julius was that the best that julius randall can be that's uh, another thing i mean he just signed the fat contract and we see what happens with these one year right. wonders where they just right. elevate their game so much they get that one all-star game under their belts then they sign the big contract and it goes all down here from there i'm not saying julius randall that will happen to him but no. He did shoot over 40% from three, and that's something he never came close to with New Orleans or L.A. If he replicates that consistently, you know, 38 to 41, right? Like if he's a hitting in that range for his career, he's going to be a player of impact no matter where he plays, no matter who he plays with. That's going to be difficult to stop just because once he gets going downhill, he's also kind of unstoppable for the most part. So he's not a bad free throw, not a great free throw, but he's not a bad free throw. And he's not a bad passer either. He, he can make basic plays, so. They have like 500 guards on that team that are, are pretty talented, and 
Right. I mean, they, I don't know though. I mean, it just seems like it's going to be hard for them to repeat that kind of success. I feel that way. That's those are the two teams that I'm like, what, what do you got again? Show, show us all again. Like cool Atlanta, cool New York. Like you did great last season. You've got pretty much the same teams, you know, the same core guys are coming back. Not a lot of core changes between the two teams. What can you improve? You know, how do you improve? Do you improve with your record? Do you improve in your playoff? Like both, you know, so that's, that. those are the two teams in the East that I think have both the most potential, uh, but the biggest challenge to like start to break through and challenge for one of those top three spots. We also mentioned some of the other teams that are there, you know, like you talked about with New York, Atlanta, there's Philadelphia. Obviously we talked about the top tier being with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. That's good enough to get you through in a regular season, but you know, in the playoffs, will it be next season? Will Will it be? We don't know. Don't you feel like that's, don't you feel the Ben Simmons question is the great unsettled issue of the off season at this point? Well, it's no question when you try to ask me for players and for draft picks, it's no question I'm not going to trade for him. <laughs> right. right. Not when it's he just, plays like that in the playoffs. It's just out there, right? Yeah. Because well, he's not talking to anybody. He's not, you know, it's there's he's AWOL from, uh, you know, hanging with teammates or whatever. Well, let's say, let's say there are teams out there that could surprise and, you know, break up the party, so to speak. I mean, I know you mentioned Boston, which some people are on the fence on as being a competitive team and, and maybe not being so competitive, maybe just like sneaking to a play-in or the back half of the uh, playoff teams. I think that there are a couple surprise teams in order. I think one of those teams that could surprise is Toronto. If they mm-hmm. get healthy and they get their mind right, I think they've got enough wing players. In fact, they have a one – thing that I think every other team wants and that's a plethora of wing players galore mm-hmm. that are all long armed, play good defense and are able to go ahead and stretch the ball out. And so I'm hoping that uh you know there's some good things for them for the people of Toronto. But I also think that Indiana, you can't sleep on them with Rick Carlisle. He's not there to tank. I don't think they have enough talent around the team yet around Sabonis. Yeah. I'm not sure Sabonis is a number one guy. I mean, is he? no, I mean, I, I think he has as much to prove as Randall or young, uh, you know, not, uh, hasn't had much of a, you know, of all the three, Trey Young has obviously taken the team the furthest, had the most playoff success to date. Uh, I think, I think they need great play from other guys other than Sabonis. I think uh, he can be a number one in the same way that Jokic is, uh, but he's not the scorer. He doesn't have that same scoring mentality. I feel like, and just isn't, he's just like a light version of that. And he needs somebody at least as equal in the same way that Joker needed Jamal uh, before he became who he was, you know, when they were first coming up, it was kind of more of like an even handed one, two punch. And then, you know, that changed the knee injury, of course, that Jamal ran back. So hopefully, you know, uh, he gets. We, we see some more basketball from him soon. But um, yeah, I mean, Indy, Indy has a shot. I'm not. I don't know. I've. The thing with the East is those three. It's, teams, to me, it's more more competitive though than it ever has been before. These teams are a, a lot better. Yes. 
up and down the division. I mean, even Charlotte's going to be a pretty tough, you know, play in the regular season. They're going to ball hard. You know, they've got, they've got, a, I love that it might, might be the ball duo out there. Um, no, that's a while away. I mean, I understand uh, Leangelo, Leangelo, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leangelo has, been, has been playing pretty good, uh, but I still that's, think that's going to get him an end of roster two-way or oh, yeah. G League at best right now. But he's something, at least he now looks like he might have a future. So that's good for him. But I think Indiana is still a step away. Charlotte still is a step away. And I, those are the teams that I feel like in this modern NBA, you know, they're the two small market teams that just can't seem to like figure it out in the same way that Milwaukee did, right? Like yeah. Milwaukee was able to fit. I mean, some of that's like they were lucky enough to draft Giannis Antetokounmpo and, you know, they treated him right. Uh, and they, you know, they helped nurture his game and they never gave up on him and so on and so forth. I mean, it takes that level of commitment from a, a small market team, right? Like you need to say to somebody like, you might not be great for like eight years or five years or whatever it ends up being, but like, we're with you all the way. Same way Mark Cuban was with Dirk Nowitzki, frankly, you know, he rode Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki for 21 years and that's, uh, that's kind of astounding. So, you know, I, those, uh, those two small markets, and Orlando, you know, obviously there's a few teams that are just basically not in it at all. Uh, you know, Washington is basically, what are we going to see? Where does Bradley Beal end up? Uh, East or West uh, contender or, re- you know, what, what what's happening with Bradley Beal? Uh, Orlando, if anybody can stay healthy on that team, they might fight for a play-in, but, you know. We didn't mention, though, Chicago. Chicago had a great oh, offseason. They, they don't play – yeah, but they don't play defense. Outside. Well, Caruso better be ready because he might be the only one that plays defense <laughs> on there. But you know, it's, Alonso it, plays some D. He's maybe not the stat guy, but he's 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 a ball hound. I, good I like t- Alonso. He's a no, he's a he's a good team defender. I'll give you that. Right, I'll give right. you that. But this team is going to be all offense for the for majority yeah. of time in Chicago. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. I, th- I think they are a little bit on the upswing, especially after that kind of off season, the kind of money they're spending. So. They better have a playoff team. I think that's the the directive and the ultimatum. And then last but not least, the Cleveland Cavaliers and Detroit Pistons. Detroit, obviously, with Kate Cunningham. This is going to be a big headache year. This is going to be a growing year for him. He's going to take a lot of growing pains. We're going to see what he's made of out of it. I think by the end of this year, we're going to see if he's going to be able to advance to that next level. So we'll, we'll see on that. What are your thoughts on that? Or also as well, Cleveland. Cleveland, I don't know what they're doing. They they pay players like Jared Allen, like they're going to be a contender sometime soon. Right. Yet when you look at the team, it's just like it's just getting started. Well, yeah, I mean, who are they building around over there? Like, is it? Is it well, I'm is hoping it, it's Evan Mobley. But is it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah. But Kevin Love is definitely the highest paid player, so you know they want to ditch Kevin Love's salary in any way, shape, or form. I don't know how they're going to do that this season. Yeah, uh, it's going to be going to be uh, touchy. And a uh, Colin Sexton, I know whether they're going to keep Sexton. him. Yeah. I mean, at this point, he's one of the few. You know, I'm and I'm I'm kind of amazed he didn't get a deal before even uh, Schroeder did, which is you know. Well, he wants a max. He wants a max or close he's to it. He's not. He's not. It's, you're crazy, bro. But. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, you know, that's a you know, that's a whole other that's a whole other topic of debate. But yeah, I mean, those teams are certainly. I feel like, uh, you know, you could put uh, Houston, Minnesota, OKC, Cleveland, 
Detroit. I think Detroit's probably even a step below those guys in terms of like having the, the ability to like break, have a breakthrough, have a breakthrough season and be okay. like, oh, they're, they're, they're going to be the bottom of the barrel, you think? I think so. Cause like who, who on Detroit? I mean, you're talking Kate Cunningham. That's, and then but, Jeremy but, Grant. Uh, Jeremy Grant hasn't had, I mean, I guess you could say that. I, I, yeah, if he can play as well as he played when he played healthy and well, then, and Cade can be solid, they can make a little bit of damage. But, you know, like we were saying earlier, the East has gotten so competitive. Um, yeah. They don't, they don't have like, like Houston, John Wall could have like a revived season, right? And like, pull a Chris Paul and like take a bunch of nobodies to like a playing game and like, you know, challenge for an eight seed or whatever. Yeah. Um, who's there's nobody like that is, I guess what I'm saying on Detroit. Well, um, if Christian, if Christian Wood and John wall blow up, right. Then, then you've got, you know, and then obviously you have uh, Jalen green there, you know, right. he's, he's, he's a superstar in the making. I think he's going to be someone that you got to watch out for. He's looked incredible in, in summer league. So I think he might end up being, might end up being better in the long run than Kate Cunningham, but we'll wait and see on that one. I, I'm still keeping my, my eyes open on that. So we'll, we'll wait and see, but yeah, I, I get you on that. That, that dent that Detroit right now is probably the team with the least amount of talent and the longest way to go at this time. Just a, no way to break through in the East. Of that. I mean, outside of like, you know, Everybody on Brooklyn dies, and <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Embiid and Simmons duel atop bridge and stab each other with rapiers. You know, that's the only way they're going to pound through this season into a playoff conversation. So, right. I don't think I don't think they have that even. I mean, you never know. You know, injuries are what's going to. That's the thing with the East. It's like those first three teams are also the most injury prone. Not Milwaukee so much, but definitely Philly and definitely Brooklyn had an astounding number of injuries and in this to their to their core three guys to the point that it did seem to affect the team in the playoffs. And so, yeah, I don't know. Who wants to win the regular season more in the East is going to be a really interesting question. It will be a really interesting question as it goes along for this season. And I appreciate you giving your thoughts on the Eastern Conference. Got some great conversations on the way still yet to come in the coming weeks, especially with this guy. He is going to go ahead and be a great part of what we're doing here. And I cannot thank you enough for his thoughts on the NBA at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.